Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chip Pass Podcast. I think this is episode 10 now, and it's been a while. How long has it been? Been three weeks? Three weeks? I think it's been three weeks. Yeah, I miss talking about hockey, but we are back, and we are back almost in time for the hockey season. Uh, I think, I mean, preseason's already underway. It's exciting. We've had... I think six games of preseason at the time of I'm recording this. And between last episode and this episode, a lot of interesting things have happened. And I can't wait to talk about them. But first, is there anything to talk about first? I don't know if there is. I think we might just get right into this one here. Now, um, yeah, let's do it. Okay. So, let's start off with... My favorite topic. I know it's all your guys' favorite topic. It's the best topic. And that topic is the Arizona Coyotes. Woo! The Arizona Coyotes are back, and we're talking about them again. And we have quite a few things to talk about. I think I want to talk about this earlier. I, ha- I did record an episode earlier, and it just it broke. This, and that was really annoying, so I had to fix that. And then just took a little break before hockey season. But, yeah, speaking of that, I was going to talk about this, but let's talk about right now the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, they have submitted a bid for an arena, a new arena in Tempe, and that is exciting. I mean, I'm not a Yotes fan. I do not live anywhere close to Arizona. Don't even really know the geography. I live in Toronto, Ontario, which several thousand miles away, I want to say. I don't know. Probably around that. Maybe around 2,000. 2,000 miles away for all for all you Canadians. Probably, I don't know, 3,000 kilometers. Maybe more, 3.8 kilometers. Conversions, I think, 1.8. But anyways, let's get back into this. The Arizona Coyotes have submitted a bid for an arena in Tempe. And this is super exciting because... For everyone who is listening in on Arizona, I think we talked about this earlier, but a big problem with there is that no one would show up to the damn games because the arena was so freaking far away. I mean, how are, you really want to drive... So the major population centers are in Scottsdale, uh, Glendale... I think not in Glendale. No, Glendale's where the arena is. And, well, Scottsdale and Phoenix, right? Yeah, so, and... Where the arena was, I think in Glendale, people had to drive 45 minutes to an hour both ways to get to a hockey game, and you don't want to do that. Not every day. I mean, especially for, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to be rude here to all Coyotes fans, but I think you know, for, especially for a team like the Yotes. I mean, uh, when did they finish in the division this year? I think they finished second last, second, third last in the third last in the league this year, which is, I mean, why would you want to drive? 45 minutes, an hour away, to watch a team that finished third last in the division. I mean, I guess it's hockey, but in a state like Arizona, you really need to drive hockey up, and you really need to get people interested in the sport. I mean, it's not like you're just, it's not like Alberta or something where you can just go outside and skate on the ice. I mean, I don't even know if they get snow in Arizona. Maybe in the northern, are they even mountains in Arizona? Anyways, but uh, anyways, anyways. Uh, the arena has been moved and I'm happy for Yotes fans. I mean, I really hope 
that this grows the game. I mean, Phoenix is one of the fastest growing cities in uh, in North America. So hopefully, I know that recently hockey hasn't really been great in Arizona. Hopefully, this can get back up there. Um, they did have some. Uh, I think I talked about this. This was one of the season previews I did do. Uh, they do have some exciting young prospects. I mean, they don't have much, but they have actually they have Jacob Chikrin, who's definitely something to be proud of. Scored like 19 goals this year in 56 games, which is super impressive. But they also got a ton of draft picks. So if you're looking at a team on the rise, I mean, draft picks are always magic beans. The thing is, if they can do anything with the draft picks, but Arizona could be that team. And where where's a better place to have an arena? than in Tempe. I mean, it's only arena bid, but I think it's looking up. It's looking up for the Yotes. More on the Yotes. The Kachina is back. And I'm so happy with this, about this. Because the Kachina logo, in my opinion, it's the best logo in the league. Best, In my opinion, best logo in sports. I mean, you look at the... I don't even know why they got rid of it. It's the most unique like logo that you've ever seen. I mean... Uh, I don't know if I can pull it up. Maybe I'll put it in um, when you guys can check out my Instagram at the underscore chip pass on Instagram. And you guys can go check that out. And I'll post uh, I'll post an image there on the, on the story, on my story. So you guys can go see that. But I, or you could just Google it. Uh, either way works. But the Kachina logo is the most beautiful logo in the league. Uh, it's just so unique. I think it's a... Um, what do they have? I think it's a coyote playing hockey, but, like, it's not how you'd think, like, uh, not like Pittsburgh. I think it's, like, has to do with the native tribes who lived there originally. And, I mean, it's uh, just a goalie kachina, kind of in the shape of an A. It's just a beautiful logo. and so unique. I mean, I don't know why they ever changed. Like, you look at all the generic sports logos and why wouldn't you want something a little different i mean it might be a bit retro might be a bit 90s but i think that's what everyone likes about it why do we why do we have to change we'll change back like you look at the buffalo sabers logo in like 0405 uh or even before that and i was they nailed it it was a beautiful logo and then they had to change it uh another team that i feel like has done that uh, I would say the Islanders. The Islanders logo is, right now isn't bad, but and I knew everyone hated the Fisherman at the time. I really loved the logo, but the Canucks too. I feel like the Canucks nailed it with the skate, but they went to change. And I'm just glad that the Yotes got back to this logo. Every it's starting to look up for Arizona Coyotes fans. So there's actually something to watch now. Even if you don't have to watch the team, you can at least watch the logo on their scoreboard as they get rolled. But that being said, let's move on to signings and contract extensions. Now, since I last talked, there have been a lot of signings and contract extensions. Um, but I do have a lot that I want to talk about this episode with not a lot of time. So, I mean, I, I do have a lot of time. I could talk about this forever. I just don't want to keep it going on for too long. So I'll just ca- ca- uh, talk about the major ones. Of course... I'll talk about, I'll just name a few of the minor, uh, minor, smaller ones. So, Dalene for three times six, uh, three years times six million dollars. I like that deal. Uh, could be a good year for Dalene. Uh, Cal Peterson, uh, five times 
five point I think four no four times five point seven, and I also like that deal. It might be a bit much for a goalie who hasn't played much, but I mean he is a skilled talent. He does he has played really well over these last few years, and I mean this year especially he had a a really good year and. Hopefully he can live up to that contract. I mean, he's still really young, 26 years old, but we'll see if he can get up there. Uh, another one, uh, Jake Evans just signed today, 1.7 times 3. I like this contract. Um, I mean, for a guy like Evans, he's on the uh, the what, incline, would you say? The, the progression, he's progressing. He's progressing really well. Uh, 25 years of old age. Former former fifth round pick, I think, and fifth fifth or seventh, I think it might be seventh. Yeah, former seventh round pick. He played really well for the Habs before he got trucked by Mark Shafley in the playoffs, and I don't mind this deal. I think it's pretty good, especially for a guy who can be your third, fourth line center. Maybe even better if he uh, if he. I mean, you got uh, Nick Suzuki, Christian Dvorak, one two. But I said I wouldn't talk much. Um, there now let's get finally uh, before I get into the big contracts take back what I was just saying um, Zdeno Chara back on the island I don't think we know what he signed for yet but I think it's league man but I mean it's exciting that's where he started his career all those years ago in the island and I mean he's back 40 43 years of age now 44 44 years of age now and I mean, still a monster in the back end. Still got that long stick for poke checks. But anyways, moving on now. Moving on to the big ones. And of course, the big news, or one of the big pieces of news in hockey in hockey this last week was Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson. Now, I think I talked about them before. Maybe the Montreal Canadiens offer sheeting them. I know I'm Habsan. I would love Elias Pettersson. But anyways, can't offer sheet them now. They are signed. Quinn Hughes signed for six six years times 7.75 million. Elias Patterson, three years times 7.7 million. And honestly, credit where credit's due. Jim Benning, these are good contracts. I mean, I really like them. Quinn Hughes, maybe I would have liked a bit longer. Uh, again, that 7.8 would have been nice for especially a young defenseman here. Uh, another thing of concern when I was just looking at this, his defensive game is a bit concerning, but if you can put him with that uh, defenseman, I mean, OEL is not that guy. Sorry, OEL. But if you can put him with a guy like, I don't know, a guy like Nick, how Nicholas Jarmelson was. You know, he doesn't even have to be that good. But if you find a guy like Nicholas Jarmelson, who's just like a, a really good shutdown guy, um, I mean, he and Hughes would make a fantastic pair. And I, like it's, compared to the defenseman market, I mean, you had Darnell Nurse making... $9.5 million. You had Zach Rowinski making 9.53. Seth Jones making 9.52. I think Seth Jones made 9.52. 9.5 for Seth Jones, too. You have Kale McCarr making $9 million. I mean, 7.75. That's a steal. I know he hasn't had the best season recently, but I really like this deal from Vancouver. And hopefully, I mean, they're looking like they're on the up and up. Maybe not with OEL. I mean, that's a scary contract. It could go either way. But you got Connor Garland. You got two scoring lines there. Uh, you got the Besser line and the Pedersen line, who you have now signed 3.7.7, but we'll get to that in a sec. And you also got not the best defensive core, but it's decent. 
and Thatcher, Demko, and Nett, who can hopefully progress. And hopefully by the time Pedersen's contract is up, they're contenders because uh, I'll talk about Pedersen in a sec. But, yeah, do you know what? Let's talk about Pedersen. Three times $7.7 million. I really, personally, I really like this deal for Pedersen. Um, they only had about $14 million in cap. So, of course, you're not going to be able to get that the longer term numbers on there, but like seven, eight, six, like, uh, like seven, eight years, but or even six. I mean, but three years, it's just a bridge deal, 7.7. I mean, for the guy of Pedersen's talent, in my opinion, could have the potential to be the next Pavel Datsuk. Just got that great two way game. Uh, I would have loved him in Montreal. I think I said that. Um, but one note of concern here is that uh, if you guys remember when Pedersen was talking about his original signing, he was saying he was talking when Pedersen was talking about his original signing, he was talking about uh, how for his next contract, if they did not make the play, if they were not a contending team, uh, he would consider moving. I mean, he I think he wanted to stay in Vancouver for this one, but he would consider leaving, which is very interesting for Canucks fans. So you hope that you're contending in you hope that you're contending in three years, which, I mean, if you're looking at their current development curve, they should. But overall, I love these signings for both Hughes and uh, for both Hughes and Pedersen. Uh, I think their center cores now, they got Besser. Uh, well, I don't know how they run their lines in Vancouver, but they got Besser, uh, Besser, JT Miller, uh, Pedersen, Horvat. Maybe even Neil Hogland, Neil Hogland, Neil Hogland, or Niels. I think it's Neil Hoglander in that top six. And then you got also young guys like Vasily Pakosin. You have uh, you've uh, other young guys uh, like Tyler Mott coming in that bottom, running at that bottom six. And I think the Canucks could actually be a pretty decent team this year. So especially in that weak Pacific Division, I'd be excited as a Canucks fan. Uh, moving on, finally, 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 I think we talked about this, like, let me look here, uh, I think, but, I think we talked about this earlier, but Kirill Kaprizov has signed a deal, finally, uh, we were talking about this in episode 6, which I think was like, maybe even a month ago, where apparently he was approached by CSKA Moscow with a $10 million deal, and look at him now, signed for five years, $9 million per year, $45 million in total. And I really like this deal. I mean, eh, yes, yes. Okay, let's talk about this for a sec. Rookie, rookie player, right? Came in this year. But the difference between him and, let's say, a guy like Alexis Lafreniere or a guy like, I don't know, who else is young? Cole Caulfield coming off their rookie season. Let's say Cole Caulfield puts up 60 points this year. I don't want to sign him for $9 million. Um, but the difference between this is Kirill Kaprizov is 24 years old, right? He had 60, 60 points this year. No, not 60. Sorry. That was, I don't know what I'm talking about. But he had 45 points this year, and he really rejuvenated that Minnesota Wild team. I mean, I think if you take Kaprizov away from that team, I think he's the most indispensable asset of that team. 
I think debatably he's more indispensable to that team than Austin Matthews is to to Toronto. I think if you took away Austin Matthews, I think Toronto would still make the playoffs. I think if you took away Kaprizov, I think uh, Minnesota would be one of the league's bottom teams. This guy is just so talented, so skilled, and he just brings that that touch, and he's kind of rejuvenated this entire team. Uh, so that's that's why I think maybe he should deserve the nine million. But again, he's only been in the league one year, right? So, I mean, it's very risky. This guy has not. I guess the typical hockey slang term would be he has not proven himself, right? But can you really say that a guy hasn't proven himself when he is just putting up those kinds of numbers and when he's done what he has done in Minnesota? I like personally, I feel like he's deserved every single dollar he's he's gotten. He's probably comparing himself to. I was listening to Steve Dangle podcast earlier. Uh, I think like a week ago. And he was saying how Kaprizov is probably comparing himself to a guy like Mitch Marner, right? Because that's a least centered podcast. Mitch Marner's making 10 point, uh, I think 10.5, $11 million. Uh, although Mitch Marner has had a few years more of experience, why wouldn't Kirill Kaprizov be like Mitch Marner? I mean, he's not a top five scorer in the league, but he's, again, he's not playing with Austin Matthews. They're about the same age. I think Kaprizov is a year older. Um, but yeah, why wouldn't why wouldn't he see himself as a comparison to Mitch Marner? I think debatably he's even more valuable than Mitch Marner to his team. So he's just got so much leverage on them that he's able to get such a good contract for himself. So I gotta say c- congratulations to Kaprizov and good luck to Minnesota. I think you got quite a team there. It's gonna be tough to make ground in that division, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, sorry if it feels like I'm hurrying on a bit here. Sorry if it feels like I'm going a bit fast. I mean, I just want to get um everything done in I want to get keep it around 30 to 40 minutes but we'll see we'll see what we can do here uh let's move on here let's move on to something else I want to talk about and that is Connor McDavid's comments now let me just read you out to let me just read these out to you so this is this is what he was talking about it's on um it's on like basically refing in the playoffs so just for context here Connor McDavid the best player in the league has drawn 53 penalties over the last two seasons, right? Right? Probably guy who gets penalized the most. He's just so fast. Everyone slashes him. Uh, I mean, if you can't keep your feet moving, you, just, you can't slow him down. Drawn, like I said, 53 penalties. In the playoffs, can you guess how many he's drawn in the playoffs over the last two seasons? Zero. How has Connor McDavid drawn zero penalties over the last two seasons? It just doesn't seem right. But anyways, before I talk about that, let's hear what Connor McDavid has to say about it. You have to... Uh, sorry, I would play the clip. I just don't really know how to do that. Sorry, I'm just going to read this to you. You have to perform under any circumstances. The refs have such a tough job to do. The game is so quick and things happen so fast, it's hard for them to see. However, I do wish there was maybe a little more consistency. That's what we're looking for as players. Everyone, what everyone wants is just consistency throughout. The other sports have been able to do that from regular season to the playoffs. 
but refs have such a hard job and I have a lot of respect for them. So that, I got to say, that is kind of a funny quote. McDavid has sandwiched, he's done like that, that tactic, um, sandwich, uh, it's like good, uh, good job, constructive criticism, good job. But (laughs) he's trying not to get into any trouble here, but I 100% agree with Connor McDavid. I mean, in hockey, we always talk about this thing that their playoff hockey is different. And I agree with that. I agree that playoff hockey should always be different. I mean, that's what makes it so special. But on the other hand, how how can a guy like Connor McDavid draw zero penalties throughout the playoffs? I mean, that doesn't make sense. That just He can't draw zero penalties in eight games when he draws... Uh, I don't know, 50, uh, he draws 53 in two shortened seasons. So that's probably like 150-ish games. 70 plus 56, 100, no, no, not even 150, 126 games. He's drawn 53. So that's approximately around half a penalty a game. But in eight games, you're telling me he can't draw one one single penalty, especially in playoffs, when he's all... It's just bizarre to me. It's crazy. Like like we always talk about in hockey, oh, parody, parody. I mean, it might as well just be random at this point if you just change the entire game for the playoffs. I mean, if you don't call the game at all, how can you, how can you actually get this game to be normal? I mean, you... You you don't want to have as a ref, of course. I mean, I've never been a ref, but I don't think you want to have an actual stay in the game. You just want to keep the game even, and that's what refs have tried to do. But that's a problem. Just call the game as it is. That's that's what I've always been saying. But if you can't do that, at least call at least call consistently, right? Like if you're gonna if you're gonna call a slash one game in the regular season, why can't you call it a slash in the playoffs? If you're gonna call it a cross check in the head in the regular season, why not call it a cross check in the head in the playoffs? So I, I mean, it's just unfathomable that Connor McDavid could have zero, zero penalties against him drawn in the entire playoffs. Uh, it's just, it's bizarre. It's crazy. It just shows the the so-called quote-unquote parity in this league. How we want to create ourselves to be different from other leagues. How we want to create playoff hockey to be special. And I'm not saying that playoff hockey isn't special. Playoff hockey is the best the best sport to watch in the world. When hockey's the playoffs, in the playoffs, it's the best sport to watch in the world. But why would calling the rulebook just a bit more, just calling it how you do normally, why would that make it any different? Checks will still be hard. But people will actually understand what's happening and they'll respect the game more. I'm, I think calling the rulebook would even, will even make it better. It'll give the top players a chance to perform. It'll give the top players more room on the ice. I mean, Wayne Gretzky, best guy on the ice. I mean, best guy, best player in the league. He got, um, whenever there was a penalty against him, whenever there was even a penalty against their team, it was better for them because Wayne Gretzky had more moved, uh, room to move on the ice. And I mean... In some ways, that's the same with Conor McDavid. Why does why shouldn't he get a penalty drawn? Why shouldn't he draw a penalty if people are actually like call, pen, penalizing against him? It's ridiculous. The rule book should be called everywhere. 
I mean, it just it doesn't even have to be the rule book. Just consistency, 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 consistency is key in all fashions of life. Consistency is key, and in hockey especially, being consistent. I mean, you can even apply it to hockey. The best players, every every player has greatness, right? But the best players are the ones who can do it every night, who are consistently great every single night. And the best referees are the ones who consist are consistent every single night. So just if we, if we want to have these world-class referees, the so-called best hockey referees in the world, hopefully they can at least be consistent. And I, I really respect our referees. I, I mean, they have, like Connor McDavid said, he had, they have a really tough job. But just try, try and call the Roebuck. Try and call it how you do in the regular season. And then there won't always be this discussion. Oh, this team's so much better in the playoffs. Oh, this team, the Montreal Canadiens, I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but if they do, oh, they're going to make it far because they are a playoff team. I mean, these, this idea of a team that's better in the playoffs, yes, that's true. The rule book is called differently, but you shouldn't have to build, there shouldn't be two different team builds, one for the regular season, one for the playoffs. It's the same game. Why should there be two different teams? Why should one team be so much better in the playoffs than it should be in the regular season? It just doesn't make sense. Uh, I'm sure it's a lot better, to the, uh, a lot to the consistency of the game, but it's just this whole notion of being caught up on this rough and rowdy playoff hockey. Why can't we just call it the same as the regular season? It can still be tough. It doesn't have to not be tough. It, I mean, you're playing a seven-game series about this against the same team. Anyways, I think I'm getting a bit caught up in this. Um, God, I next thing on the next thing I have coming up is going to make me rant too, and this is that Jack Eichel has been stripped of the captaincy. And God, Buffalo, God, it pisses me off. God, like, are you freaking kidding me? I don't know if I can swear on this. I do not. I'll set a swear date at some point. Right now, I'm going to keep the swearing off. But are you kidding me? Like, how the is he still a part of this team? Like, you have... Okay, either you're paying him at the start of the season, or you're trading him. But why have you not traded him yet? It's ridiculous. I'm this guy. He should play. He wants to play hockey. You're not letting him take care of his own body, and now, I mean, now you're disrespecting him even more before you've even traded him. So if he had, if it's time in Buffalo wasn't going bad before, if it wasn't done before, it's definitely done now. Let's just say that. But if he had gotten the damn surgery six weeks ago. He could have been playing now. He could have been on the ice. He could have been doing doing what he loves. But why, for hell's sake, why? Just trade him somewhere and let him do what he wants to do with his body. Like, this is like if I went down, if I went to the doctor, had a broken arm, the doctor's like, and the doctor won't let me do what I want. But it's not even the doctor. It's the freaking, it's like, no. This is that's not a good example. This is like if I went down to the doctor with a broken arm, and my, I don't know, my 
the government, let's just say the government. The, no, I, can't, I don't know. No, my boss. Let's yeah, let's say this. My boss will not let me get a surgery or will not let me fix my broken no this is the bad analogy i'm gonna give up on this analogy but you know what i'm talking about let him deal with his own damn body let him do what he he feels is best with himself he's not gonna be on your team anyways i mean you, you think he's, he's already gonna get traded you think him getting the surgery you think it will lower his value i mean he's gonna get the surgery anyways why not just let him get it when he's gonna why not just let him get what he wants now it's obvious that he's not going to be part of his team any longer, okay? You stripped him of his captaincy. You have said that you're going to trade him. You said that there is not mutual agreement. You said that you don't want to heal this bond. So, dear God, just let him get the damn surgery, and then he'll be out of your hair. You won't ever have to think of the name Jack Eichel again until when he beats you in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. Like, my God. Honest to God, Buffalo, just figure it out. Now, if we're going to talk about this, where's he going to be traded? Vegas? So where's it going to be? Vegas? I mean, I guess you could get a couple good assets from Vegas. Minnesota? They're looking to be on the up and up. New York? They definitely have some good assets. Calgary? Uh, they could really use a guy like Jack Eichel. I was talking about how needing a number one center. Montreal? I don't know. Just like throwing Montreal wherever it can be. Probably not there. But for hell's sake, just trade the guy so he can do what he loves, so he can play hockey and not have to be injured every single day. It just pisses me off, man. Respect other people. How do you think you actually get places in life? You have to respect other people. Is this called respect? You like having people suffer because of your own selfish little feud? God damn, Buffalo. Ugh. Okay, I gotta calm down here, but I'm done with that rant. Zen mode. Hmm. Moving on. God damn it, Buffalo. Let's move on here. Well, every everything. I just am looking down what I have, what I have planned to say, but everything left I have to say is just gonna piss me off. But let's get to this. Let's get to this. Might as well piss myself off earlier. I mean, if it's entertaining for you guys, I don't know. I don't know, man. Let's move on here, though. Bode Wild, Bodie Wild, I think you guys, you've probably heard of this, was loaned to Sweden. In particular, he was a second-round pick by the New York Islanders in the 2018 entry draft. A highly touted prospect. Three goals, three assists this last year with the, with the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. And he was loaned to Vastervikes, Vastervikes, I-K, um, by the, the New York Islanders, by the New York Islanders, and by Lou Lamorello, because, this was part of the Alsvenskan Hockey League, because, because he was not allowed into training camp, and he was unvaccinated for training camp. And then thereafter, he claimed that the Islanders were violating his human rights by not letting him attend training camp. Now, let's talk about this for a sec. See, this is where it'd be helpful to have a co-host, but let's talk about this for a sec. Right now, I have no care in the world. Like, 
people who are unvaccinated, I just don't care anymore. Like if it's for, we've been in this pandemic for how long? What, what, what's the date today? The date today is October the 4th, October the 3rd, sorry. October the 3rd is the date today. And of 2021, pandemic started, what was it? March, March something in 2000, 2020. So it's been a year and a half. This vaccine has been out for six months now. And it's these damn people who want to cause havoc, who are, and people are listening to them online because people are vulnerable. And now they're not getting vaccinated. And I just can't handle it. Just get vaccinated or I don't care. I mean, I just can't be bothered. Just get vaccinated or not. You're putting everyone else at risk. Just know that. You're putting other people at risk. I hope you're happy with that. And, but, yeah. And this is, now let's get back to the hockey incident here. Let's get back to hockey. Here we go. Um. So he was sent to the Allsvenskan Hockey League in Sweden um, because he did not was not vaccinated for training camp, and I mean Lou Lamarillo, he just puts his foot down, and I mean if you want to teach a player a lesson, this is the way to do it, and I really respect him. I mean if you are not going to do what your GM says, yes, of course there's going to be consequences, right? Like especially Lou. I mean, you guys know Lou Lamarillo. He's gonna, he's good. He's not gonna, like, let's say when he was in Toronto. I know I live in Toronto. I'm sorry, I have to bring this up. But let's say he was in Toronto. He ran a super tight ship. I mean, no beards. You couldn't show up to practice late. You have to always eat a certain thing. You have to always be on time. You have to always respect the rules, and you always have to respect the league. And Lou's gonna put his foot down if you don't do what Lou says. He's going to put his foot down. So I respect Lou. But let's get to the other side of this. Are you kidding me? A human rights violation. Like I just can't be bothered with this. He said it was a human rights violation by not letting him play on the ice and play hockey. Now, according to my standards, human rights, um, you have the human rights. You have access to water. You have access to food. You have access to health care. You have access to do. You have access to be able to pursue your dream. You have access to be able to. You have access to be able to be safe. You have access to uh, shelter. But are you telling me that playing hockey is a human right? It's a human necessity to be able to play hockey. You say playing hockey for the New York Islanders, for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers in the AHL, in the NHL, playing hockey is a privilege. It's not a right. You can't think that you're righteous. You can't think that you have the right to be able to play in the NHL. I mean, people, these are the best of the best of the best. These, I mean, We had Ty Domi on last week play 333 fights. You think you can just get in the NHL with nothing? No, he was the best of the best of the best. He's fan- Not only was he a tough guy, but he's also a really good player. And he understand. I'm sure he understood that it was 
not it was a privilege playing the league. I'm sure a lot of players in the league play uh, in the league realize that it's a privilege to play in the National Hockey League. It is not a right, and especially if you don't follow the rules. I mean, the rule that the New York Islanders or that Lou Lamarella placed was that you have to be vaccinated for training camp. And Bodie Wild said, no, I'm not going to be vaccinated. So Lou's like, okay, well, you're going to Sweden. And apparently that violates your human rights. According to Bodie Wild, I, I just think it's ridiculous. It's, what our world has come to today is ridiculous. And now time to talk. I'm going to move on from this. But now time to talk about another thing that just pisses me off. And that is Andre Deniskin. He was given a 13-day suspension for making a racist gesture towards Jalen Smarek this week in the UHL. Okay. And this was huge hockey news. Um, it was a very racist gesture and should not be tolerated in hockey. After this, after protesting to the suspension and calling on the double IHF, for more action, the UHL GM, Eugene Kolachev, was fired. Not by the IHF, but he was fired from the league. And this whole situation, how... The, it's hard not to swear this episode. How is this allowed? How is this... How can this be right? I mean, how... This... In my my opinion, racism has no place in hockey. I think that's a lot of people's opinion. No, racism has no place anywhere, not just in hockey. Racism is just an outdated thought. It should not exist. It. I mean, we just had National Truth and Reconciliation Day in Canada, and it was an important day, and I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about here. But let's just get back to this. It's just racism does not have a place in our world today. And you let Andre Deniskin go off with a 13-game suspension. Okay, he's 13 games. So he's suspended for 13 games. That's great. Now, he's made... A Jalen Smarek is now not playing in the UHL. Okay? Um, he's 24 years old. And you and basically what the league is saying is, oh yes, making a very racist gesture is, yeah, it's about equivalent to, I don't know, just a high sticking penalty. It's just a penalty. It's just a penalty. No reparations, whatever. Uh, I mean, like you've got to be kidding me. How can this kind of stuff have a place in our modern day world? I just don't understand. Not just that it happened. How, the fact that it happened was disgusting. But the fact that it's been tolerated and the fact that, I mean, it's almost like they're compelling him to, I mean, they're not compelling him, but it's almost like there's no reparations. It's almost like you're saying, oh yeah, it's okay. If you if you make a racist gesture, all you'll get is, you'll get 10 games, 10 games. It's fine. You'll just miss 10 games. And that's just ridiculous. So, I, from this situation, I really hope that the IIHF takes more action because I think what they like to do is they like to let a bunch of their more smaller governing bodies try and deal with the suspensions. I think they don't like getting involved too much. 
But in a situation like this, I think you have to get involved. I think it's just unfathomable that this would exist. And it honestly, it pisses me off. A lot of things today have been pissing me off. Just, it's just disgusting. That's all I'm going to say. Um, yeah. Uh, before we end this episode today, I just want to talk about my plans for the coming season. Um, I hope to get Sasha on uh, this coming week. I think you guys remember Sasha from episode two with our Seattle Kraken expansion draft. So I'm excited for that. I think we're going to do season previews are over, um, officially over, which is unfortunate. I just really didn't have the time to do them. But um, what we will be doing this week with hopefully Sasha, I'm going to try and find a time with him, um, is we are going to do the, our full upcoming season predictions and previews. So I hope you guys are excited for that. That's going to be coming next week. And yeah, I want to try and continue these weekly episodes. I really enjoy doing them. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to have that. So without all that being said, I'll see you guys next time. Peace. Thanks to Zalorn for the music, and you can follow us at PassChip on Twitter or at the underscore Chip Pass on Instagram. That's at PassChip on Twitter and at the underscore Chip Pass on Instagram. Have a great day, everyone.